Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. Today's episode is brought to you by Wise, the account that helps you manage your money around the world, which is huge for travelers. I've been a customer and a fan for 10 years. The Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, and they do it all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This service has been so critical for me in my life as a traveler, as a nomad, as somebody living abroad, and you can join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account can help you out on the road at wise.com slash travel. That's wise, W-I-S-E dot com slash travel, or download the app. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. songwriter, and an awesome human being who happens to be our guest on the show today. That is Malin Pedersen. That's the first track off of her latest album, Wild Horse. The track's called California. Now, Malin has won the Spellman's Prix, which is the equivalent of a Grammy here in Norway. That's an incredible accomplishment, but what is even more incredible is the story behind how it happened which contains a multitude of lessons and reminders about why sometimes the best bet you can make is on yourself. You're going to love hearing that story so much in this interview. We also talk about the influence of culture, weather, and language on creativity, the importance of internal validation, why community is key to success, why defining what success means to you is so critical, and the best piece of life advice Malin has ever received. And of course, travel. Travel through America, differences in culture between America and Norway, where she is from. And we got to do this interview in person at a restaurant here in Oslo, which is, of course, my favorite way to do an interview. You're going to hear our conversation in this show. I know you're going to love it. Plus, I'm going to give a shout out to an inspiring couple in this listening community who just bought their plane tickets after decades of thinking about getting back out there on the road. And I'll share how a bet I placed on myself led to my lifestyle of travel for a decade as a nomad. You're going to get all that and much more in today's show. So buckle up, strap in. Thank you for being here, my friend. And welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. Now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey, what's up? It's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out, letting me bring a little travel into your ears today. 
This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. Fall is in the air here. The leaves have changed. They're falling down. I was walking around the lake by my house the other day, looking into the lake at the reflection, the beautiful reflection of the colorful trees and thinking about this podcast that I'm bringing to you today. And it struck me that music is a reflection in many ways of a lot of different things, how the artist is feeling at that moment when they write the song, where the song was recorded and some of the emotions or vibe that goes into that. We talk about that in this interview and also how you're feeling in that moment as you're listening to music, maybe reflecting on something or taking lyrics in different ways. I always love that about songs where you can listen to one song in one period of your life and it means something to you, something specific. And then 10 years later, the same song can resonate in a totally different way. Power of music, absolutely incredible. And I'm so honored to have gotten the chance to sit down with our guest today who uh, is just a wonderful person. We had a lovely conversation and a lot of takeaways here to help you live a life of travel. Really, if you think about these things, you have to bet on yourself at some point. If you're going to be somebody that's quitting your job or taking off to travel the world, becoming a digital nomad, starting your own business, taking some random travel job, whatever the case is, it is a bit of a bet on yourself at some point. You're taking a risk or maybe a perceived risk. And wow, the story behind what Malin did to take a risk in her own life at a pivotal moment is is just packed with, like I said at the top, lessons and just takeaways that I know you can just like music. However, this is hitting your ears today. You might take away some uh, some specific lessons related to your situation right now. I'd be curious what those are. I always am. You can get in touch with me anytime. Jason at zerototravel.com is my email address. And even better, you can leave me a voicemail anytime. The link is always there in the show notes. Be sure to stick around after this interview because I do have a shout out to somebody in this listening community. And I do want to share a bet I placed on myself that led to my personal lifestyle of travel and a career as a nomadic (laughs) touring professional. So you'll hear that story after the interview. Thanks again for listening. Now let's slip and slide into the interview segment and I will see you on the other side, my friend. We are sitting in here in person, by the way, drinking yes. a coffee. Uh, so skull, skull, as they say in Norway, mm-hmm. and that means you, you kind of have to like look everybody in the eye yes. and drink at the same time, right? It's yeah. a serious. Yes, it's a very serious thing. <laughs> now Until you're like ten beers down, then it's not so serious anymore. <laughs> and it's like skull. Uh, um, yeah, I should describe where we are. We're in this restaurant I like to record in, but they have this funky little room offset from the bar, which has a. Uh, I don't know, like skeletons on the on the wall and some random like naked people and some Jesus, white water. Naked and, yeah, people. <laughs> Jesus is praying and 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty cool vibe. Yeah. And I'm um, sitting here with my guest today who won a Spellman's Prix. I'll say that with my best Norwegian accent. Very good. Uh, which is a Norwegian Grammy. Congratulations Thank on that, so by much. the way. Awesome Thanks. for her first solo album. And her music's been featured in Rolling Stone and Billboard. And we're lucky to have her here to talk music, travel, as well as her latest album, which I love, Wild Thank Horse. You. was listening to it this morning. Aww. So Malin Petterson, welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my Thank friend. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it feels like the weather's turning outside. In mm. Norway, it does that too early. It's August, and it's already <laughs> feeling like fall. I know. Um, I mean, you have two kids, so I don't know about you, but I I kind of dread like the winter suit. The yes. winter dress. They have the winter dress in the Norway. The winter dress. Which oh, <laughs> you want to describe what the winter dress is? I know so this is off topic, but I just... Yeah, no, people. it's like this one, like one piece yes. thing. <laughs> With like several layers, like it's like a duvet, like a cover, but yeah. it's like sewn into something that you can wear. Yeah. So it's like wearing the cover that you have in bed, just like with <laughs> crazy colors and stuff. And then also like the worst part, I think, is you have to layer everything. So you have to like wool and then like flee- fleece, yeah. which is like another thing. And then the suit on top of that. And the kids can't even move like they have so much clothes on. Yeah. Just like walking yeah. as like it's, a stick person. <laughs> it's such a drag oh my <laughs> to God. put those on and every then, day. And then like you do that and they're like, I have to pee. It's like, no, oh man, why? And that's when you go, no. And the yeah. camera zooms out yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. like screaming exactly. and it's echoing yeah. off the camera. But they're really, they're, they look like Teletubbies. Like, tell, like, I don't know what you call it. Teletubbies. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just love the time of year when they can just go outside That's and you don't have to deal with all this stuff. I know. Weather, I always say in Norway, it's like, I feel like when you talk about the weather in some places, it's just sort of like a mundane topic that yes. people are like, oh, you know, let's talk about the weather. Oh, but here yeah. it's like a pretty... It's a thing. It's an important part of the of the day. Yeah. How much does the weather influence your songwriting, do you think? Oh, a lot. I don't think I necessarily think about it when it does, but you know, fall, especially with the light and everything and the, the weather, <laughs> it, it just sets a certain mood. Yeah. Uh, at least for me, it makes my kind of like, um, mel- melancholic mood <laughs> get even more <laughs> melancholic and like the nostalgia comes in like real strong. Mm. And, um, I specifically think that I write some of my best stuff or get some of the best ideas when like the really low fall sun is coming in through my windows. We have really huge windows, windows. And that just like, I can, I can just stand in the middle of the living room, just like looking at things because everything looks, it looks more beautiful. Like even dead flowers looks like a masterpiece in like the Mm. golden really low fall sun and i'll get like oh my god i have to write something yeah. so yeah it, it de- definitely sets a mood yeah i feel like that can be sometimes consciously and sometimes unconsciously oh yeah right absolutely like the dark the dark period here i find that it's tough sometimes like when you're getting to yeah. like november december oh, um and i'm not i'm generally a positive person yeah. but like <laughs> it, it's hard yes and i, I think we're really <laughs> lucky to have December be the month of Christmas for the people who celebrate Christmas because it's, you know, November and February, I think those are the two months that I have the most like issues with Yeah, because there's nothing happening. It's like in October, even though it's starting to get cold and and it's like fall is definitely here in October, it's still, you can remember the summer. It's not that far away. (laughs) But then when you move into November, it's just like, 
why am I living here? Like, what's going on? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's and when then, you start questioning your choices, yes, right? <laughs> yeah, and then Christmas comes along and it's all, you know, jolly and good and it's fun and snow. And then in January, you can still be like, okay, well, you know, this is Norway. We have we have real winters here. It's okay. And then February comes along and it's just like, please stop. <laughs> I don't, I can't take it anymore. Yeah, I know some people love it, but for me, I... I I like the, I, I can enjoy the darkness kind of as long as I have like candles. Yeah. But the candles the, are candles key, are key. Here, right? <laughs> yeah. And listening to music and stuff like that. But the, the weather just makes everything, you know, it's, it's not, is it snow? Is it rain? I don't know. It's something in between. Yeah. It's, yeah. What, what is your earliest memory of music as a thing? Um, yeah. I just, I grew up in a home where there was always music and not necessarily as like, let's sit down and listen to music, but just always in the background. Yeah. Um, so my mom would listen to everything from like Swedish folk music and Leonard Cohen and stuff like that. Um, and I think I remember just because I was, I am still and has always been a very emotional person. So I had a lot of like, emotions as a kid and also many ideas and thoughts and questions and um the english music i didn't i you know i didn't know the language when i was a kid yeah. but i remember when my mom listened to swedish music which is very the language is very similar to norwegian they would sing about you know loneliness and things that i thought i was experiencing as like a 4 year old <laughs> <laughs> and um and that was i think yeah, I can't. I can't remember. Like, yeah. Oh well, actually, I do. I remember um, singing the song in Norwegian um, to the musical Annie. Yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow. That was like I felt like it was. It was just like a loneliness in that song, and so much like I don't know emotion. And I I sang that at like a on stage on um, May seventeenth, which is our national oh, yeah. Yeah. day. Um, I was up on stage singing that. I think I was two and a half or something. Oh yeah. I mean, you weren't fearless then. Like you would have no problem getting up on stage. And, I know. I th I, for me, it was just like a, I've always been very communicative. Communicative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for me, that was just like I, I have this emotion inside of me. And I just like I want to sing it. And I want to like I want to hear people's response to it. Not as in like applause, but to like is anybody else out there also feeling this? Like, right, is, do right. you like know what I'm talking about? Because it wasn't necessarily something that you spoke about. Norway is can be a little, you know, closed off. It's not necessarily a very, I don't know, emotional people. Yeah. <laughs> At least like talkative. Cult culturally. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But, but there's much emotion. It's just, we don't always talk about it. Right. I mean, I, yeah, I hadn't thought about this related to music because you're essentially, you're communicating emotion in a different way, yeah. right? In a way that uh, can connect you differently with people around you. And yeah. you're right. I mean, especially here in Norway, this comes up on the podcast sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, it's not a diss on Norwegian people. It's just the way... <laughs> The culture. I mean, you yeah. know what I mean, yeah. right? Because yeah, you spend absolutely. a lot of time in America and yeah, other yeah. places around the world, yeah. and it's not. There's not the the sort of the barrier, no, I no, guess, no. In, in the yeah. public anyway. Definitely, it's very different. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I like the American way 
I mean, I like the Norwegian way too, but I think that's one of the reasons why we have embraced American culture in a way, in the way that we have, because as a way to communicate and kind of talk about emotions without actually talking about it. Yeah. Like, hey, I love this song. Yeah, me too. We should talk about this. Let's just listen to the song instead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're probably better than I'm making it out to be. But <laughs> I, I mean, it sounds like for you, music was just this organic way to express your, yourself. You know, as you get older in life, as we all know, it's not always easy to kind of stay true to, to, to the things that... Yeah, to put yourself out there in that yeah. way, I yeah. suppose, right? I'm just wondering, for you, was there ever like a struggle with that as an artist to just say, um, hey, like I'm willing to put myself out there and I don't care what people think, especially in a society with Yantalova. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you can explain what that is to yeah. people listening. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I understand yeah. the concept of it, but yeah. the nuance of it, yeah. I don't because I didn't go to school here. I didn't no. grow up here. So yeah, yeah I, no, I think that's one of the, you know, cultural things that you kind of maybe have to grow up with to to feel the nuance of that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's basically about like not being a, the person that kind of sticks out and that says like, hey, I'm good at this. Like, I wanna I wanna play the lead part in this thing because I know how to act. Or I look at my drawing. Like, we don't we Norwegian kids will I probably kids in other countries too. But Norwegian kids will like show your drawing and they'll be like. Oh, this drawing is no, no good. I didn't like I because they want to kind of have they want the uh, confirmation. Put put yourself down. They want to, yeah. They they put themselves down so that the grown up will be like, no, no, it's it's good. Okay, and that's that's a thing that I think we sometimes keep doing as grown ups in Mm. Norway. We'll be like, no, no, (laughs) you know, no. I'm I. It was just something that I made, or it was just. Instead of just being like, thank you. I like really appreciate it, that. Right? Yeah. Like, like I've, no, I've, this track I've worked rocks, on that like, for a yeah, long time. Right. And I'm really proud of it. Thank you. Um, and so that's definitely, and I've always been a very outgoing person. Not necessarily an extroverted person because I love solitude and I can find masses of people being intimidating and stuff like that. But yeah. I'm very outgoing. I talk a lot and I have a lot of many thoughts and I love to hear people people's thoughts on things so for a very long time I felt very labeled as somebody seeking attention which was very difficult for me because for me that was never what it was about probably you know as a kid you want attention I mean in some way form or another but when as I grew older it was more of like no I'm trying like I I feel these things I have these thoughts I want to like can we like, please, like, play along with me on this. Like, let's talk about this. Let's, like, tell me your thoughts on it. Yeah. Let it let let it not be a monologue for me to, like, tell you my feelings and not get something back. Mm. Uh, so I think that's been difficult. But then, luckily, you know, as you grow older, at least for me, the world became larger. You meet people who are more similar to yourself. Yeah. You read interviews and 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 see documentaries about other artists and musicians and you know artists within different realms of art, and you understand that this is this is not something to kind of hide or be ashamed of, or it's not about the attention part of it. It's about the fact that you have something that you want to say, you have ideas in your head that you need to get out, and as long as you 
listen to other people as well, mm-hmm. as long as you put it out there and then kind of await a response and not just keep like bombarding people with stuff and, you know, not giving other people room. And there's always, there's enough room for yeah. everyone. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, that's still something that I can, you know, struggle with. Absolutely. I try to be a good listener and to also, you know, help put attention on other artists or other stuff that I like also so that it's not just like about me all the time and try to, you know, uh, promote art that I love and yeah, like right now I'm talking and talking and talking, not because no, <laughs> it's just because I have so many thoughts on these. Yeah, I, I think it's great because it, it's great to hear the sort of the explanation from somebody who grew up in the culture because yep. I, I didn't. So it's uh, and I think about this a lot with my kids, you know, yeah, I'm like how yeah. how how can I instill sort of the. I mean, I'm not going to say like I'm from America, so I can say some of the American values that we talked about that are maybe positive where it's like, okay, Malin clearly has an incredible voice. Like that's allowed. She should be like acknowledged that she has an incredible voice and we should like foster that and like appreciate it as opposed to like, you know, either putting yourself down or, you know, having people put you down or trying to come back to this sort of, you know, like pretend that (laughs) it's not special over other people when people have special talents and different things. Um, And everybody has their own versions of that, right? So like, how do we, how do we do that as a parent? Like, one of the things that at least has been really important for me and that I hope that my kids will find is a community of people where everybody supports what the other people are good at. So in Norway, we are very happy to have had and also have now a pretty good size-wise, at least compared to the population of Norway, uh, Americana scene that I'm a part of. Yeah. At least my experience, I know that some people feel outside of that community, but for me, that community has been a key part to trusting the fact that I have a place in this all of this and that I can you know I we can share our struggles we can we talk about you know mental health we talk about money we talk about all the things that make this life really difficult and this job really difficult and in that is a respect towards one another that like I know that you work really hard and you're really good at what you do we tell each other that and I think in that way we can all trust that like if I'm a part of this community with all of these amazing people, then I must be doing something that's, it's not about like having the best this or doing the best that, but like that, that I have something to communicate that other people, you know, think is worth, I don't know, listening to or at least having as a part of their life. And for me, that was just like seeing myself I've had several of those moments like thinking, okay, this person is at my right side. This person is at my left side. I'm talking to this other person. Is this real? Like, am I a part of this? That's amazing. And, um, and that's, that's been really good. And it's helped me to look at it as a job and try to professionalize what I do. And I think, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's great advice for anybody listening. Right. I mean, even within a, broader cultural context yeah. if there are certain things or, and that can be you know there's these microcultures too like you grow yep. up in a certain town yeah, and yeah, you feel constrained by it in yep. some way yep. then you find a community of supportive people <laughs> yes and i think that if you can acknowledge 
and be happy for other people who are good at what they do. Right. Instead of like being envious or bitter and only like wishing that for yourself. If you do that for other people, then I think you will be able to be uh, more appreciative of your own subjective talent as well. Mm -hmm. So I hope for my kids that I will teach them to look at other people's either success or talent as something that they should encourage and that they should, you know, speak on it, like say, wow, oh my God, I think you're so good at this. Yeah. I, I can tell that you've been working really hard on this drawing. Like, that's amazing. And through that, kind of acknowledge that when they draw something that they can also say, wow, I spent a lot of time on this. I'm really happy with <laughs> right. it. Right, yeah. Because I think that's, if, if you keep looking at other people's success and, and feel threatened by that, I think you get more, then the success part of it is what you will uh, focus on. And then you'll never be happy with yourself either because you'll only see like, I'm not at that place. I'm not, I'm, I haven't like reached that goal yet. I haven't reached that goal yet. And then it will all be like a vicious circle yeah. and you'll just feel bad about yourself instead of actually like acknowledging that like, oh, I've done this thing. And I've spent time on it and I really worked on it. And that's a value in itself. And I can be proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like internal validation yep. as, as opposed to yes. external validation, yes. right? You're validating yes. yourself as a, as worthy yes. of the things that you're creating, whether exactly. they're, which can be hard. I think sometimes oh, when you definitely. create something and you know, <laughs> yes. okay, this isn't like up to a certain standard yeah. or. Um, you never know if anybody else is going to like it. Right. Which is really difficult. Yeah. Seeing that in others can help us see it in ourselves. Hmm. We'll be back in a moment. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. Recently, I went out for tacos and it wasn't even Friday. Yes, we have Taco Friday in Norway, not Taco Tuesday. Well, more importantly, I could have earned rewards for every scrumptious bite of those chorizo soft shells. Introducing the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points when you go out for dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery, including tacos. Plus, you can earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries, two times points when you need to fill up or charge up at gas stations and EV charging stations. You're even rewarded with two times points just for your favorite streaming services. Go to usbank.com slash altitude. Go! To learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Win big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. This episode of Zero to Travel is presented by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. From muddy jungle paths and snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has the capability to take you to some of the most epic destinations on Earth. We're excited to partner with Nissan because our listeners know we love to celebrate the joy of exploring the world and finding the best off-the-beaten-path destinations to visit. And there's no better vehicle for that than the 2024 Nissan 
Pathfinder. With seven drive modes, the Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys, and it even has the best towing capacity in its class, up to 6,000 pounds, so you can bring the fun with you. But Nissan also knows that it's not just about where you go. In a Pathfinder, the real fun comes from getting there, and that's something we love celebrating here on the Zero to Travel podcast. We believe that life is about finding that joy within the journey itself, and that's why we're thrilled to partner with Nissan to celebrate adventurers everywhere. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Zero to Travel and for the reminder to chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures and enjoy the ride along the way. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Now let's get back to the show. You mentioned Americana, which is yes. a genre I love, which was yeah. like chasing you down for this interview <laughs> because uh, I love the album and I love Thank Americana you. as a genre. And on that topic, how do you feel about genres in mm -hmm. general? Like, how do you feel about stepping in and owning a place in a genre? Or do you feel like that's constraining? Um, Is that something you think about or not really? <laughs> well, I, I think about it because I know that a lot of people think about it. Yeah. And when you start releasing albums and you have people doing your press and you have to like send out press stuff and blah, yeah. blah, blah, you always have to kind of label it some in some way or another right and you have to start you know putting your name in reference to other people so that you know that like you reach the audience that you want to reach blah, blah blah so in that way you kind of have to think about it and i and i think for the the community that i've been working with and that i've been a part of the label part of it americana or nordicana that we started calling oh, it cool yeah hey, I, I dig that <laughs> all right <laughs> that's become like a really that's become a very valuable thing for the community because it's given it a very clear label and it's given us all kind of a way to see that when something goes good for someone within that community and the word nordicana kind of get meant gets mentioned right. that helps everybody and that's helped put the americana scene in norway on the map i think Music-wise and creatively, I don't think about it. Uh, so when I write something, I'm I'm writing and kind of producing it in my head uh, with more the thought of like, what do I want this to sound like? And I can think of genre in the way that I can be like, oh, I kind of want it to be like, oh man, I would love like some R&B drums on this or stuff like that. I can reference different genres, but I don't, I don't think like I have to make, I have to make sure this is Americana. Right. I don't think about it like this that. This doesn't fit in. I'm going to get in trouble. Exactly. With the group. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I mean, I can, I can have that in the back of my mind being like, okay, what if I put this out there? Yeah. Like people are going to not, some people are not going to like it because it's not going to be country enough. I right. used to, like, you know, cause I've done a lot of country music and that's kind of where I grew up yeah. music wise. I love country music and I love bluegrass music. Like that's, I, I love it so much. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that's the music that I'm going to be making for the rest of my life because I'm, I have to go with, you know, the emotions that I have and the, the, the song, the sounds that I hear in my head. And, and I can't limit that to a specific thing because that would compromise the art. I think. Yeah. It's always a, slippery slope when you get into labeling art yeah. right or yeah. commoditizing yeah, it yeah, in some yeah, ways yeah. as well like then you're like you said from a marketing perspective 
you hate to even use the words yeah. from a marketing yeah, perspective exactly. when like, it comes to what's music. What's your image? Like, like, what's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, that stuff is like, that's a tough part of the business. Yeah, is, that, is that a hard part for you? Yeah. Um, I think it's both very difficult and also very fun. I've always been the kind of person to, you know, when I think some people have me in some kind of box i like to break out of that right. just for fun just to like show them like you don't know me yeah. you don't know what i am <laughs> and so i think that is a fun thing as well when we're kind of planning ways of marketing stuff i always think it's fun to like throw something in there that people that will surprise people yeah like what is that a reference on this album like i wouldn't have <laughs> thought that it's a struggle in the way that a lot of people will think of you in terms of the genre where they first encountered your music. Yeah. So they'll be like, she's a country artist. And then if you suddenly deliver something else, they'll be like, wait, why are you, what are you doing? Like, that's <laughs> right, not, yeah. you're a country artist. That's like, not acceptable. Well, exactly. Yeah. But on the other side, like you get to reach so many more people mm. when you're just like, yeah, I mean, I'm a country artist. I'm a, an Americana artist. I'm a folk artist. I'm a whatever I want to be artist. Like, <laughs> right. I'm an artist. That's yeah, the whole point, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I, and I love like I have I my next next plan. I think I don't know, but I think my next plan is to do something even a bit more like modern. Yeah. And then I want to make a bluegrass album, oh, and that's sweet. like that's how I like to like play it. Yeah. So that people would be like, what? Wait, hmm? Whoa. <laughs> I think that's really fun. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, well, it's easy in music too. Like I think you get fans and then they they love a certain thing and then mm. they kind of want that thing yeah, all to over stay. Again. But nobody's yeah. a static individual. Everybody's yeah. evolving and yeah. having different interests and yes, nothing different with, with music, of course. Exactly. I wanted to ask you, was there ever a point in your life where it could have been like the music wasn't a thing where you had to, you kind of had a pivotal point where you're like, I have to, I have to go all in on this yes. or I'm going to go and get a regular job or something. Yes. Yeah. I've had several. There was. Several. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll choose the, the most like where it really, really happened, I think. Okay. Um, so I had been doing music for several years. I, I play in a band called Lucky Lips, which I also, I still play in that band. Uh, but we had played together for so many years and but I had also like been a student I've, I'd had a job at the same time and I kind of never really did any of those things a hundred percent because the other things were craving also attention and, and work and then I got pregnant with my first kid and I was just like I can't raise this child and tell them to like do like to put all their work into their goals and like just go for it. If I'm just like doing it half ass, like mm. if I'm not really, I'm going to, I have to try. I have to try one time for real yeah, to do it. Right. And I asked my Sambu, uh, the guy that I live with, Svainung, uh, he has a steady job, thankfully. <laughs> uh, and I asked him, I was like, so now that we're having a child, <laughs> Is it okay if I don't work for a year? <laughs> right, right. The ideal time. <laughs> yes. Perfect timing. And it's like, is it okay if I just like one, give me one year and I'll just try with everything that I have to make this happen and to just see if there's a possibility 
of me actually having music and songwriting as a job. While you were pregnant? Yes. You were doing, and, and what was what did that mean to you? <laughs> like everything you have, that mean get up every day and just like live it, write songs? Yeah, yes. And like actually, because I had thought about doing a solo album for so long. Yeah. And just, you know, I was back to genres I was like what do I want this album to be because yeah. I love so many different styles of music and I didn't know like what I was because I had kind of grown up musically playing in this band where it was everything was a democratic process everybody had something to say on the songs which I love but it also made it very unclear to me what my sound was and what what right. my kind of direction in music was so I just put it off for so many, like for so long to yeah. actually sit down and make a structured plan. Hmm. So when I asked him about this, I was like, this means that I have to like actually get a band together. I have to make demos of the songs that maybe we're going to do. I have to book the studio. I have to like do all of these things. And, and do it while you're pregnant. And do it while I'm pregnant. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, but so I started, it, it was a very long process. So I, I I wasn't actually in the studio recording these songs until I was pregnant with my second child. Yeah. But the work right. started when sure, I was- Sure, yeah, yeah, there's a lot to do. Yes. Uh, so I really started to actually like write songs and make very structured plans and lists and and production ideas and stuff like that. And then- uh, after a while, I s asked a very close friend of mine whom I worked with for many years musically if he wanted to co-produce with me. And we um, did that for a long time, like talked through the songs. And and then after I was pregnant with my second child, then I went into the studio and recorded. Wow. And, um, and is that the That's the album, the that, album that, yeah, yeah. Wow. And it was just- I mean- Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Because it's very, you, it's, like if you didn't make that decision, yeah, and, and you if, had some great family support yes, and everything like that, yes, but yeah. still, I mean, I'm just bringing that up because I feel like there are these pivotal moments in yes. people's lives where you kind of have to maybe take a chance yes. on yourself. Maybe yeah. it's uh, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of that was uncomfortable yeah, in many ways, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Like, what would be your advice for somebody that's kind of thinking about taking a path that's yeah. less comfortable or less certain. Yeah. I don't, oh, it's so different. In hindsight, of course, you're yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah that was obviously it. the right yeah. decision. <laughs> no, I mean, it is very, it is very difficult. And I think uh, just before I kind of get into like advices, I think it's one thing that's very not healthy in the artistic community or maybe the community around artists yeah. is that we have a tendency to like romanticize the like being broke and right. like writing the, the best songs when you're like fantasy. drunk on red wine and blah blah blah. It's like that's not having money is not fun. Yeah, it's it's not a good like I even into my like I'm I'm now it's better but being thirty and not being being able to like pay my rent is not a good feeling. Yeah. And everybody else around you, at least many, <laughs> had like steady jobs and more um, comfortable lives. So I think that you have to kind of know that or at least think about it when you go into it and be like, okay, this is not necessarily going to be fun. I'm going to feel probably lonely a lot of the time, even though I'm surrounded by friends and stuff. There's, you ha there's not that many people who kind of know what it's like unless yeah. they've lived that life the them, themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst part for me, I think, was the what felt like 
an impossible situation, which was I want to, I have these songs. I want to record this album. And that album maybe could make me some money, but I don't have the money to go into the studio oh, right. and record. The chicken and eggs. Exactly. Thing. And I have yeah. to like, I want to pay the musicians that I use because it's their job. I want them to have a sustainable life as a musician. Yeah. So I don't want, in the beginning, you know, you do, you, you can do favors for each, other's, sure. each other and stuff like that. But after a while, you kind of have to like start paying people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just like really difficult. I was very fortunate. I, I uh, had family help me out and um, then I paid them back later. Uh, so and but that's not, an additional not, pressure. Ex- you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, but not everybody have that situation. Yeah. But I do think there are many alternative ways of doing things now. Like there are many ways that you can record music a lot cheaper than like going into a full blown like large studio and and have lots of people do that with you. Right. Um. And I think really like sitting down and thinking about like what is my goal. And not like my goal is to be on the Billboard Top 100 <laughs> or like Hot 100, but more of like my goal is to release a song into the world. Yeah. Like, like how small, do I do that? Yeah. A like, micro goal. Exactly. Like way. how yeah. do I do that? And then keep building on that. And like I would say for me, having somebody to do promotion, which is also expensive, but when you get to a certain point, if you have the money to do that, even if it's just for one song, that can be a really good way of just like opening the doors to a bit more jobs or yeah. do like a bit more money mm. so that you can go on to the next project and do that a little bit bigger. Yeah. Um, and I also, I, I seriously, honestly, really, truly mean that you should make the art that you want to make and not change it into something that you think other people will like better. Right. Because in my, <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but for me, not like, realness but sincerity in art i think shines through more than like people know that they, that mm. it does yeah and not not sell yourself short like if you're doing jobs where there is money you should be paid for that job you should be able to say something yes i would love to go to your event i it it costs this much to have me there All right even know, know your worth kind of exactly yeah, to that. Yeah. yeah and talk to other people if you're in a community with people going through the same thing like talk about money how do you negotiate money when you're doing a job talk about all that stuff it's really difficult but but it's really important because that's where the uh, support i think is right. in supporting each other hmm. and yeah that that has really a great value i think i think that's awesome advice <laughs> thanks for sharing that yeah. i mean through your story as well it's it's inspiring because what you did with all mm-hmm. of that, but you're right. I mean, everybody's got their own different situation, Yes. but what you're saying is essentially make the commitment and then take a look at maybe some creative ways that you yes. can bring a micro goal into yeah. reality. And also when you make that uh, commitment, it doesn't have to be for a lifetime. You don't right. have to, it doesn't that's have to be like, too, I'm right? going like, to be an artist for life. Right. Let's that's go a- to work. <laughs> it can be like, a year. Yeah. Like I'm right. going to try this 100%, maybe have a job on the side like if you Yeah, you if did you, have that time frame on it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Do that and then see how far you've come after that year. Like is there does it look like there's a chance here? Okay, like give it another year. Yeah. And do it and if if not, like okay, go back to the drawing board and see. The magic of, of that is it takes the pressure off, but also yes. probably 9 times out of 10 
you yeah. keep going beyond yes. the year, right? <laughs> yes. So it's like, it's yeah. almost like you're tricking yourself, you know, into, Definitely. into it being, oh, oh, it's okay if I do this for this period of yes. time. And then yes. you get on the path, you start meeting people, you start yeah. having conversations, you're like, yeah. oh, okay, I'm a little more, keep yeah. going. And that's uh, how things get done. Yes. Right? And also you don't have to like be, you don't have to be like, become Dolly Parton. Right. And to think that you're successful, like just getting your music out there, just meeting people, making art that you're proud of. That's success. Like mm. that's you've you've done it. You've you're on your way. Well, I mean, let's talk about that. Because yep. I, I, I didn't. Yeah. Defining success, I think, is a uh, is a question that can run across all. Yes. Industries. <laughs> and just I think as individuals, it can be a struggle. Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Because we all compare ourselves to other people. And now, mm, you know, yeah. of course, with the Internet and social media and yes. everything, it's like a nonstop barrage of oh, no. all these people are better than me. <sighs> it's and, crazy. Uh, but um, have you intentionally defined success? For yeah, yourself? I, ha- I kind of had to at a certain point you because did. social media and everything was driving yeah, me crazy. Yeah, like this is it's not, Yes, and and it started. You know, social media started shifting my goal towards likes and what like I don't know how, who talked about my music or blah blah right. blah instead of what kind of music do I want to make? What kind of person do I want to be? Right. And it was making me really sad when you would like, I would share things that were for me was really important. And yeah. then I wouldn't like necessarily get a lot of feedback on it. Right. That would make me sad. And then like a picture of me in the mirror would get like a hundred more likes and it would be like, Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So I decided that I had to like kind of define my own version of success and also how to use social media and stuff and and have that be uh, healthy for me. Yeah. Um, So I think for me, success isn't defined as like one thing, but success for me is when I am able to make art that that has sprung out from an idea in my head and that I have been able to put that out into the world in in the way that I intended it to be out there. Right. That's that's success for me. I feel like there are two kinds of successes. Like that's the success that for me needs to, I need to have that be what I strive for mentally. But I also need to have goals that is more on like the the professional side of things. Right. Like I need to like <laughs> grow my business. Yeah. If you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like you have, just you have to have I'm, some things to shoot for. Yes. To get because to the next I have level. to. And that's yes. where the tricky stuff comes and, in. Exactly. Right? And like I'm not at this level. I got to yeah. get to this level. And it's not because I want to like be famous. It's because I need to get to a certain level to make the amount of money that allows me to sit down and write a song and not be freaking stressed about everything. <laughs> right, right. Um, and to just like have a normal, kind of normal life and have this as a job. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of the goal. And you know, you want to when you make art and probably if you have other another a, a job that where you make something, you want it to travel as far as it can. You want it to communicate with the world and, and, and that's definitely... Uh, a part of it too but yeah. I have to like if I, if I put a song out there and people don't really respond to it there has to be a certain amount of like inner success feeling for me mm-hmm. just the the fact that that song exists 
and was created in my head and now it's an actual song yeah. out there in the world. Yeah. High five it's me. Beautiful Good thing. job. Yeah, it's, it's an awesome. <laughs> that's It's awesome. I mean, that's the magic of creativity and creating right like you got something in your head and then you bring it out into the real world to give birth to it in whatever way and i think that's a greater success at least for me that's a greater success than releasing an album no a song that's nothing like what i wanted it to be that someone else has pushed me into making and that has like a hundred million streams right that would be a different kind of success but that wouldn't be the kind of success that would make me feel good and have a good inner life yeah i think do you do you have any songs that you just like you know they're great but you just keep them for yourself because you feel like they're just for you do you write in that oh, way yeah. yeah yeah um yes i do mostly because some of those are so they're so special to me that i can never finish them like it feels like they're never good enough yeah, yeah. because i'm like this is like this because is the beginning so is like so strong that you can't yeah or, and also something because like that it's like, or it's also because like i'm maybe writing about something that's really important to me like it could be a friend it can be a relationship it can be like somebody's death And I just, there's no way of actually like putting those words, those feelings into words in a way that I feel actually communicates what I feel. So I just, I'm never able to finish them because I feel like, Mm. ah, I'm not, I'm not (laughs) getting to say like how much I love you in this song. It's, ah. Um, Right. But, but the most personal stuff I think I have released like the 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 things that are more about like me, yeah. my inner things. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I more just put them out there. <laughs> type of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, this is a, another conundrum when you're creating. There's the balance of being a perfectionist. Yes. Or like thinking, you know, it has to be perfect. Yeah. To thinking, okay, it has to be good enough, yes. and I actually have to finish things. Like yes. in order to yes. in order to put stuff out into the world, it ha- yeah. actually has to be finished. Yeah. So. How do you do that? Oh man, <laughs> I I think that's really difficult, and that's a, it's a it's uh, it's a curse and a blessing at the same time because when you actually do get to that finish line and you and you feel like you have been through all of those like things that it has made it perfect in your mind, it, the feeling is so good. Yeah, it's like yes, it's just a feeling. You're like it's, this this is there. Yeah, it's just a feeling yeah. of like yes. The but you know, the first album that I made, I mixed it like three times and mastered it twice mm-hmm. before I yeah. was happy with it. Yeah. And that's a thing that I I could have never just been like no, that's I just have to let it go. Fl- right, just, because in my mind it was just like it needs to. I need to feel the the feeling that I have in my head when yeah. I think about this. Mm. I need to feel it when I listen to it and it's not there yet. I have to uh but I did I mean for me uh one solution to it has been to uh, start working with people who I know are really 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 good and not controlling them. Yeah. I right. mean just letting them express their talents. And, yes. Yeah. And I mean to a certain deg- I I have songs where I'm like, "Oh, I would love for there to be like a drum thing here or like yeah. if you could play this there but to a large extent like let them do their thing and and talk to them like what do you guys feel like should happen here or uh and in that way that has kind of lifted some of that perfectionist part uh off of my shoulders yeah. <laughs> because it's just like oh yes now we're just creating music together that's right. that's what i want to do letting go of some of the control yes and, yeah um hmm. 
but I, I it's not always very, easy. <laughs> no, and it's a very difficult. Like I, the mixing process is what I, I hate that. Yeah, because it's because like, you want it to just sound like just be, like get it out of my yes, hand and make it the thing that, without like the a, twisting of the knobs exactly. and all the stuff. <laughs> I want it to just be like, but I, I wish that people could hear what I hear in my head and then yeah. just like make it sound like that. Right. Um, but that's <laughs> fourteen also, guitar pedals later. Yes, it's come like, on, yeah, yeah, I, know. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm trying to. I. I mean, I, I think I've become better at it. And for me, it's more of a feeling than... I, I'm I'm perfectly happy with putting something out there that's a little out of tune. As long the as the uh, feeling... the human element yes. in. Yes, as yeah. long as the feeling is the feeling that I want to convey. Right. Yeah. A lot of the feeling, or some of the feeling at least, that's interwoven in yeah. in the newest record. Yeah. So, although it came out at a time when, like, you know, <laughs> yes. probably not the ideal time for, <sighs> you know, with the pandemic and all, travel and music. I feel yes. like the intersection of that is not something that gets talked about a lot. But for artists, travel is a huge part of their lives yes. generally. I mean, and you recorded. We well, have two. I mean, it's not always front and center, right? You have two songs. That are named after states yes. in the U.S., yeah. California, and Arkansas. You know, sometimes travels subtle. In, yeah, I think lyrics. And, yeah. and songs, and other times yeah. it's it can be front and center, like mm-hmm. California, right? There are a lot of places in the world. I mean, wait, you know, why? Damn right, it why is. Did two, <laughs> no, yeah, kidding. why? Why America? Yeah. I mean, what? What oh. is the? Is there? Yeah. I'll leave it at that because yes. I want to hear. I think. I mean, I don't know where the fascination came from but ever since I was a kid and would watch like American movies and series and stuff like that and my dad he's a country musician so I kind of grew up with that kind of music I've always had a fascination with the language that happened before I mean that was just like the English language British American everything and then after a while it became America that was the center of that fascination and I think it was something to do with the the kind of home that I found in country and bluegrass and old time music where I felt like people were very upfront about their emotions. They, it was very blatant. They just put it out there like I'm so lonesome I could cry, uh, yeah, you, you know, stuff like that, which I just found <laughs> amazing. Uh, and they talked about, I mean, in that music, they talk about all of these places. Yeah. You know, uh, Lucinda Williams have she has so many songs about like Jacksonville and Charlotte. It was in Lafayette, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, I want I need to be there to kind of to to know the song properly. Right. And what a great excuse to travel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's go. And then I think also it was something about the it was kind of unaccessible to me because my dad was like, you know you won't be able to get into any shows until you're 21. Yeah. When you go there. So you should wait till you're 21. It's like, I have to wait right. till I'm 21? What the... F-? And at that time, I was like 16 or something. It was right. like, well, that's Which makes a you lifetime. want it more, of course, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when I was 21, my dad gave me a ticket. Really? To, yes. So How cool. Uh, yes. It was amazing. So <laughs> to I, where? Austin. Oh, really? Okay, yes. yeah. So I had um, a friend that I had And this would have been your first time in... In the States in at the all. In the States, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I had a friend whom I had gotten to know through my dad. She is a great musician and songwriter called Brennan Lee. And she used to live in Austin at that time. Uh, and so me and Sainung, 
my boyfriend, we went there and stayed at her uh, place. And it was just, it was amazing. It was, I, I was just like, oh my God, this is. There was no I letdown. Ca- no, no, no. <laughs> it was, and I was very, I was, I thought about that before I went. I was like, right. you don't get your hopes like up. I've like this, this can, so no, much. exactly. Yeah. This could be like meeting your heroes. It can be <laughs> such a downer. Mm. Um, but you know, just the fact that uh, people doing music in the States, it's such a different, every, uh, I remember thinking, I can't believe you can play the same city almost every day of the week. Mm-hmm, like yeah. you can live in Austin and have yeah, one show in Austin like every day at different sites. In Oslo, you could like play maybe twice a year unless you're doing like a residency. You can't you can't play Oslo 6 days a week mm-hmm. because the, the city isn't big enough. There's not en- enough people <laughs> here or enough space. <laughs> So people were so invested in what they did. Also because I, in Norway you have kind of like a safety net. If things don't work out, you you won't be homeless. Like you will be taken care of yeah. to a certain extent. Uh, but there I felt like people were just like, okay, if I'm doing this, I have to play that. Like it's 10 o'clock, three sets. Right. That's just like I have no choice. I have to pay my rent. And that was – so they're so good. Because they play all the time. Mm, yeah, and that right. was so inspiring. Mm. Um, and so I kept, you know, going back. I've been to Austin several times and now also Nashville many times. And California was written on a um, road trip with my two kids and my guy uh, just driving through California. And Still one of my favorite places to drive through. And probably uh, my favorite place to drive amazing. through in the world. And I mean, Norway is gorgeous. It's, yeah. And there are many beautiful places to drive. But there's something yeah. about driving through California that I can't... It's like driving through several, several countries, but yeah. being within the same state. It's <laughs> right. so crazy. Like we went from Sa- uh, San Francisco all the way down to uh, LA and then to um, Yosemite. And it, I was just like, wait, I've I've... I've been in like three different countries or five different countries. It felt like it started snowing in Yosemite and the beach, like in LA, it was, you know, (laughs) summer. And so, yeah, that was amazing. What was it like recording in Nashville? Because as somebody who loved country music growing up your whole life and then this fascination with them, that's like the, obviously that that's, that's a very high point I would imagine. (laughs) And the strange thing is that because I was kind of introduced to Austin first. Yeah. Okay. As like, that was where the people that I knew, uh, were living. And I knew that Nashville had always been like an important place for country music. But for me, the young people that I knew or the old people that I knew who, who were playing, they were all living in Austin and having these like, amazing artistic lives it felt like um again idealizing the you know starving uh, artist definitely (laughs) i really did i I, I did oh yeah pay your rent yes (laughs) i i fell into that trap and stayed there for many years (laughs) (laughs) idealizing that um but yeah so i always kind of wanted to go to austin and so when i was going to nashville for the first time in 2018 i was kind of in the i thought about nashville as a very industry like music industry kind of place more corporate yes more like pop country oriented i didn't kind i knew that like people like nikki lane and stuff like that lived there but i didn't really know the scene at all i didn't know that it was such a big community 
So I thought it would be a lot more like pointy elbows and people pushing their way forward and mm. not being so welcoming yeah. to people coming from the outside. So I was just blown away when I went there. People were so nice and everybody is so really into music that as long as you have that to talk about, you'll like people will talk to you and you'll become fast friends. And right. so recording there was also a lot of fun because here in Norway, we kind of, at least to a larger degree, I think, when you're going into the studio, it's very like, okay, you have from 10 to 6. And then you have, that's like, that's what, that's where the money will get you. Right. And, and then you have to go like pick up kids or you have to go to your job or stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and I know that there's also stuff like, like things like that in the States, but uh, these people had their own studio and we had agreed on a price and that was four full days. But as long as we were inspired we just kept going for as long as we wanted yeah. because they didn't like none of us had anything else we had to do like except play gigs. Like we're here to do this. Exactly. Right? It was just like we're musicians. That's like mm. I have to play a gig and then I'll be back in two hours and then we can keep going. <laughs> uh, so that was very inspiring and and just the fact that everybody there knows the references that some of the people I know here in Norway knows, but not it's not like. It's a small percentage of the people in Norway who know who George Jones is. Yeah. And even fewer who like knows his songs. Right. And like can understand it if you reference. Right. So if like, you say, like, make it sound like this George exactly. Jones track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, exactly. People get it right away. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's just like incredible to me. I rem it just felt so nice. It felt like I was home yeah. musically because I because I could just talk about things and kind of presume that people knew or assume that people knew what I talked about. Yeah. Uh, which was which changes fantastic. the end product as well, yeah. right? Because how many songs were Absolutely. recorded there versus here? Do you remember? And that's uh, yeah, on that album. Yeah, all of them were recorded there. Oh, they're all all were recorded in Nashville. Recorded okay, yeah. Yeah. so because uh, that was my next question was yeah. how much the physical space of yeah. being in a different country do you yes. think impacts uh, the art that you make? Yeah, I I, I definitely think that um, on this album it has uh, influenced it to such. A huge degree yeah. in many different ways and aspects. I mean, for me, I left my family to go record this. Uh, I mean, I didn't leave them, but right. I left <laughs> not, them. Not permanently. No. <laughs> uh, so the, just the fact that I also had the freedom of being able to stay in the studio mm. till like five in the morning. Yeah, and you're separated by and, the ocean. So yes. it's so like So I didn't have to think about like, oh no, no, they're waiting for me. Or like, I, I should go yeah. home and like be with, stay with them a while. And right. No I mother's could, guilt. Exactly. I could just like, they're happy. <laughs> They're fine. Uh, I'm here now. And and kind of also a, an important part of it for me when I do leave my family like that is that I do put everything I have into what I'm doing so that it makes it worth it. Because if I waste that time, then it's just a wasted two weeks. Right. Trip. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just spent all this time away from my yeah. kids. And, and I didn't get anything out right. of it. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, the, the, the way that they worked specifically in that studio too is very to my liking we all recorded in the same room yeah. and the the goal always being to make something that feels the way that we want it to feel and the kind of just like the 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 all of the sounds and stuff like that is so much more important than like oh we have to space things so that you don't get like audio bleed into this like the bass doesn't bleed into the vocal or the bass drum or 
it was I mean they knew all of that stuff and they and they did what they had to do so they were, were able to mix it properly after but it didn't it didn't matter more than the feeling of something right so if something was like that was amazing okay then that's yeah. what we're gonna keep and yeah then, yeah we'll be right back would you love to have an incredible cup of coffee every day I've tried it all I've done the pour over I've done the French press but I tasted an AeroPress coffee many years ago and immediately I was sold. I had to get one. AeroPress is a patented three-in-one brew technology. This combines the flavor benefits of espresso, pour-over, and French press all into one compact portable device built for travel or home. I love things you can use in both places. This device has over 55,000 five-star reviews in over 60 countries. AeroPress is the best-reviewed coffee press on the planet. I've owned one for so many years. I don't even remember how long it's been. And they are under 50 bucks. So they also make an exceptional gift. Thoughtful, proven, tasty, and travel-oriented. Who wouldn't love that? Now, you get 20% off just for being a listener of this show at aeropress.com slash zero to travel. That's aeropress, A-E-R-O-P-R-E-S-S dot com slash zero to travel. That will save you 20% on checkout. Thanks to Aeropress for supporting today's show. Hey, it's Jason here. Did you know you are invited to join the first ever Zero to Travel community trip? Yes, we're planning a trip together. We're headed to Morocco November 30th through December 9th. And you can get all the details at zerototravel.com slash trip. It's open for booking now. We have 13 spots left at the time of this recording. And you have until the end of March to book. So if you're interested in traveling with an amazing community, this community, a small group of people, on an incredible journey through Morocco together with me. Sign up over there at zerototravel.com slash trip to get all the details. Thanks for listening and hope to see you there. Now, back to the show. How much is travel, do you think, a part of your music? I think maybe more than I When, when you think about it, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. The infusion there. Uh, I, that's actually been a thing that I've been uh, thinking a lot about after or in the times of COVID because now that things have opened up a bit more and I've been able to play a lot, uh, through the summer. Yeah. I realized how much of what I've missed is the traveling part. Oh yeah. Uh, cause I, I mean, I've always known that that's like a fun thing to do that yeah. I think it's fun to travel um, but I've always you know as in any job probably it's it's a part of the job it's a part of what you do and you don't necessarily reflect on it that much when yeah. you've done it a lot but I remember the first time we were in a car together like me and the band and just like we were going to drive for so many hours <laughs> and normally I would maybe be like <laughs> and now it's just like oh my god like it's happening oh we have to stop at a gas station and get a hot dog yeah Yeah. it was just like suddenly I found this like this is what I've been this is what's picking my mood up now the reason I'm feeling happy all of a sudden is because I'm doing like this traveling and being out on the road and and just I I have almost not written I think I've written like four songs the past half year and a half which is I normally write a lot yeah and straight after starting to travel again it's all like the creativity is starting to bubble again and it's happening so i think it has been um very important more important than Mm. i have 
known. The change of scenery is the change of part scenery of your process. And meeting people who are different yeah. than like who live in different cities and or towns or just yeah. Different perspectives. Different perspectives. Different lives. And, I mean, you get yeah. to walk in um Yep. That is one of the beautiful parts about travel, right? Like the people yeah. you meet and like you Absolutely. would never meet these characters exactly. anywhere else. Like yeah. the random <laughs> yeah, yeah. people, things you see. It's definitely it's a lot of material to work with. I it's guess so I much. Say. Yeah. Oh yes. What do you think the biggest difference is between American culture and Norwegian culture? I mean, we talked about yep. some of those bigger ones, but uh Um Oh man, that's uh it's difficult. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, You said you feel at home there in some ways. Yes. I mean could what I what I do but this is your home, right? I mean do, this, would you could you yes. imagine I could live living? in the States uh, if it wasn't for uh, the crappy health insurance, yes, parts <laughs> of the politics and stuff, I and, right. and gun control and stuff. Um, but I can. What I do think is easier to a degree. I kind of feel like people are a bit more upfront about, like they talk in clearer text. Like mm-hmm. they'll they'll actually say when they're like frustrated with something, like. Yeah oh man, can you just come, like, <laughs> you're late again? Like, they can actually say that stuff out loud. And doesn't necessarily mean that they're yeah. going to be, like, not friends anymore or blah, blah, But they can, I feel like it's, it's in a way, easier to get to know people. And But I do also, this is a thing that I, I haven't talked to many people about this, and I might be wrong. And this may be just a Nashville thing where there are many people who ha- have moved from other states yeah. and to kind of, and maybe like they won't stay in Nashville forever. They'll, they, that's a, that's a thing that I Transient, feel is, yeah, so I feel like maybe that's yeah. more of an American thing. Like wh- mm. where I went, people I met in Nashville who had been like, oh, at first I lived in New York for like two years and then I lived in LA for five years and then I, well, in Norway, even if I think it's, you know, people do that to a degree here too, I think that it's maybe, uh, more normal in a sense that people maybe move away from where they were born and then they go to school and then they either go back or they stay like where they get a job and they'll just stay there right <laughs> for for a long time so what I did kind of feel was difficult was to know if people that I felt like I got a connection with yeah if that was an actual connection or just like the American way of being oh, yeah. very mm. open. And to like share things at once and like talk, have these deep conversations, but, but maybe with everybody, that's not necessarily because like that Hmm. was a special friendship. That's, I I feel like that's more difficult for me to judge in America, maybe than in Norway. That's interesting. Um, Just because Norwegians, if they first go to that level, it's often because they feel really connected. Some, Yeah. 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 And maybe like, oh man, we should like. We should keep being friends because we had this conversation that I don't have with everybody else. Yeah, but I don't know if that's like. Well, a I thing. mean, I I don't feel like uh, like anybody. I can't represent an entire country with my own <laughs> perspective. But I can tell you that um, the same way you don't represent <laughs> all of Norway <laughs> with the things you're doing. But <laughs> I do enjoy like this type of conversation where we yeah. can talk about yeah. real things. Yeah. You can share that moment in a deeper way. Yes, I feel. Yeah, you yeah, know, and yeah. I, I, for me that doesn't. Um, that doesn't mean that the connection isn't real or no, deep. no, 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 no. Yeah, like that's just my. No, but I think that's. I think uh, that's kind of what I mean. I think it came out maybe wrong because what I maybe mean is that that connection can be made with more people. It yeah, can be yeah. as real 
right. that just made with more people. And it doesn't necessarily mean that like you're going to come to my funeral or that like, but but it's a, it's a very good way of having like meaningful, deep conversations and and like communicate with people on a deeper level that has a lot of value more easily than maybe a Norwegian would. Totally understand. Which is like a positive thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's funny. I was, and this is true. You know, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've just walked into a gas station to buy like a candy bar or mm-hmm. something in America, mm-hmm. and I'm literally getting the life story yes. of the cashier. And I love that. <laughs> like, and that's, what? Like I you're know. telling me about your yes. recent divorce and yeah. that you know you're living here and you can't you know whatever's yeah. going on. It's yeah. like wow, I just got all that in five yeah. minutes. That's crazy. And I think maybe that's one of the things that I really that makes me kind of feel at home yeah. there because I feel like I can share all my thoughts yeah. and just like, I've never met you, but like, listen to everything, like all of my ideas. And then they'll be like, Oh my God, listen to my ideas too. And it just feels like I'm not imposing on anybody. It doesn't feel like I'm like being too much or being too open or being, it just feels like a natural way of talking about life. Yeah. And then maybe I'll never see that person again, <laughs> but we still had that really meaningful and really nice conversation, <laughs> right. which was yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like I can get away with some of that stuff yeah. here, you know, <laughs> yeah. because I'm from the outside. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, oh, I can, I, I can be that. the crazy person talking to you on the street, but and I love uh, that. you're going to be like, oh, well, he's yeah. just American, so <laughs> that's just he gets a free pass, you know. But it's if a, I was Norwegian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what are you doing? No, it's a, but I think it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting thing because I have several friends who we've talked Norwegian friends, and we've talked a lot about like the difference between Americans and Norwegians, and and some of those in some of those conversations. Um, we have talked about like, oh yeah, no, it's just like a super, like a shallow, like superficial. It's just like, yeah, oh man, you should come stay at my house. Da, 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 da. And then we've kind of misread that into being something you just say. Yeah. But then when I've been in the States more, that has been corrected mm. because those people actually mean that you can actually come stay at my house if you want like you can i don't know you but if you need a place to stay yeah you can stay at my house like no problem mm. and that's that's a beautiful thing and mm. i've i've had conversations with friends who maybe i talked about this uh with them for like 10 years ago and now we have the same same conversation and it's just like wow we were so wrong yeah. like it's not a it's not a shallow superficial it's it act- can be that. It I mean, can be, of course, course yeah. with everybody. Yeah. yeah. But it's actually like there's so many people, more people in the States that I would feel comfortable with asking, like, could, could I stay at your home while I'm in that city playing? I would not feel that comfortable asking somebody here. Mm. Even though I know that some people are like that, not everybody is like that here. Yeah. Which I'm not like that here. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And well, I mean, this is fascinating on many levels because also you're in a genre called Americana, yeah. yes, which is very much about Americana, Americana. and uh, country music, of course, as yeah. we've talked about. Can I ask you some selfish uh, yes. songwriting questions yeah. as an amateur songwriter? Do of course. I, wanna hear I wanted to ask you about language because mm-hmm. there are, uh, sorry, you have a lyric in one of your uh, songs where where you use the still water is the deepest and that's a Norwegian expression that we don't have. So I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I see what she did. She took like this awesome Norwegian expression (laughs) that I really love. 
and yep. like nobody, you know, and then you're able to use that. And yep. I'm just wondering, uh, that's just like a practical example, yeah. but yep. when you're writing in English, mm-hmm. but we know Norwegian is a little bit, um, you know, the cadence, uh, yep. the sing-songy aspect of the way you speak, mm-hmm. the order of the words is yep. different because yes. it's another language. So yep. um, as a songwriter, how, yeah, what, what's it like writing in your second language, which obviously you're yep. perfect it's, English speaker. But, <laughs> thank you. But that doesn't mean um, that the Norwegian side doesn't influence lyrics. No. Yep. I'm going to use a very cliche and maybe bad metaphor <laughs> for this. Um, but for me, it's uh, kind of like the language is the color that I choose to um, paint the picture with. Um, so the the hopefully like the end result, um, if I wrote it in Norwegian uh, and painted it with a different color, would kind of be the same. But but the color has a lot to say on h- how <laughs> the image is perceived by others and. I think for me, oh man, this is a difficult question. I grew up with music being sung in English to a large degree, at least. And that was the first language that I feel like I got a richer emotional language. Um, Oh, really? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I've heard Norwegian uh, described by somebody. I, I thought this was the best description I've heard. It's economical. Yes, yes, that's so true, that's right? right? Yes, it's and very absolutely, uh, yeah, on point. Uh, yes, and I think just like the the fact that you know the color blue is used so frequently in the English language to describe how you feel is a very good example of why I felt at home mm. in that language. Mm. Because we do use, we can we can say that in Norwegian as well, but we would more likely use the word sad. So you actually prefer to write in English as yes, opposed to... Yes, okay. I don't. And I would love to be able to someday express what I feel in Norwegian to an extent that I think is good enough. But for now, I'm not able to do that. It doesn't. That's really interesting because it's usually the opposite. Yeah, it's, you would think, but it, right? oh, and it's so weird. And people ask me like, "Why don't you write in Norwegian?" And it's just because I I write poems in Norwegian. Uh, that works, uh, but putting melody to it and making it feel it all has to do like the with the feeling of the end result. It never feels right. I don't. But I, uh, someday, got too much country music floating around your <laughs> yeah. subconscious. You're like, Ugh. yeah, now it's you know, it's kind of like a sport when you're really like you've rehearsed running a marathon for many years, and that's like what you've that's what you've done. And then somebody's like, hey, you want to try sprinting? Yeah, and you're like, yeah. I mean, I should be good at it. I mean, I'm good at running. <laughs> right, and then you right, try it, and it's like, what? This is so different. That's kind of how I how I feel. So I I need to just rehearse doing it and which i do um now and then and then someday i'll find my norwegian language also i think yeah but yeah i know we got to get you out of here so um just uh, (laughs) one or two more if you got time um is there a song that you haven't covered that you're dying to oh so many (laughs) and every you can only pick one Oh yeah, I I really want to uh, do. I gotta get drunk. <laughs> it's a Willie Nelson. I, at least I think he wrote it. 
uh, Willie Nelson song that um, also Nora Jones has done like a, an amazing cover of. And it's just this fun song about like, which is what some of the things that I love about country and also American music that often there's a certain degree of like calm, a humor in the misery. Yeah. So it's like about this That's drunk. That I, right? yeah, it's very tricky. Yeah. Uh, and it's about this drunk that's just like, you know, I, I just have to, uh, um, I got to get drunk. Can't stay sober. There's a lot of good people in town and need to see me holler, need to spend my dollar and I wouldn't think of letting them down. There are a lot of good doctors that tell me I better stop putting it down, but there are more good drunks than there are good doctors. So I guess guess I'll have another round. Awesome. I just think it's so good, and That's it's such so a good. and I love jazz music as well. And it's a very like it's it has kind of like the jazzy feel to it. I love country and jazz music like mixed together. So I would love to do that. <laughs> um, but they're also like I want to do I want to do like Joni Mitchell songs. They're so hard. Yeah, they're so beautiful. Mm. I would love to do a cover of maybe like River or something. I got to see John Prine when he was in town. Oh, the second my to last God. show ever. Uh, John Prine. I'm what a, a, I'm a fan. Survivor. I'm a big fan. How does your relationship? Uh, well, let's take Wild mm -hmm. Horse. How has your yep. relationship with the uh, with the music on that record changed? How does it change over time? I think, and that could be for any of your music, but yep. Mm, I think some of the songs have changed meaning just because of everything that's happened yeah. through the last year and a half. So that song was kind of originally written just as like, oh no, that song, I haven't even said what song. Let's Go Out was um, written kind of about like just going outside of norms and kind of making life the life that you want to live. Yeah. And then Black Lives Matter happened, which was, you know, people going out into the streets and kind of doing that, but on a m even more like serious and actual like yeah. actual actual level <laughs> of like societal level, which was so inspiring. And I, I mm. really that song kind of took another meaning after that. And then with like society opening again now, and people actually being able to go out and like hang out with each other again. <laughs> Uh, that song has gotten a new meaning for me. So that song does is that like, make you sing it differently because uh, yeah, you're looking and at it, it a different way. Yeah. yeah, and I think it also depends on like the where I'm playing it. So sometimes I'll like if I if I if if I feel more emotional one night, that will definitely have more of like the the like. Screw the rules and and you know and 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 discrimination and racism and let's just like make this a better place for everybody and let's actually like do something about that and other times if I'm feeling just like I don't know fun or in love with my partner and stuff I'll be just be like oh my god let's create the life that we want and it's yeah. just like wow so um that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's always fun to see how I feel that night and I also think that being a songwriter, you would know if you were a songwriter too, that songs that uh, you write and then you live with them for a long time, they can, you can discover kind of things in your own songwriting that you didn't, like you didn't know that that meaning was there. You can listen back to it and be like, wow, I, I didn't, I haven't thought about that that way. And so it will get like deeper meaning as well. Um, it's one of the yeah. most, 
beautiful aspects of music, right? That yeah. you can have this song that changes meaning based yeah. on the individual, yes. not just the individual, but the individual's moment in time yeah. when they're listening to it and yeah. what's going on in their life yeah. or what's going on in the world. Yeah. It's uh gives me chills. Yeah, I had that. Uh, about it, you know? it was very, <laughs> it was fun because the song Arkansas, which yeah. I wrote because I was just fed up with kind of humans creating like distractions in a world where there's so many things that we should like actually make better and think about and like we're letting the world burn but then still we're just like let's buy new things and dig for diamonds um but i had this there was this great uh review of the um album where the pe person writing the review had written like this song is about just like forgetting all the problems and just like enjoying yourself and totally, yeah. and it was just it was so fascinating it was yeah. just like wow that's amazing to me like that's that means that i've written like an actual song it doesn't mm -hmm. it doesn't pre kind of um decide for the listener what it's about it just holds it more open that i knew that is it that did. a goal when you're writing to keep it open to interpretation on some extent to to keep it like concrete but vague it's it's not it's not necessarily like a, a very concrete like goal but it's a very i it gives me a lot of it it really feels like success kind of when people come to me and say like oh for me that song means blah blah, blah. and it'll be like something completely different than why i wrote it and it'll be like oh my god that means it has a life of its own yeah it's fantastic yeah yeah promise last question you oh, can be yeah. sure what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten oh oh <laughs> okay i have i don't i don't know like how I've kind of used this advice, but it's still <laughs> one of the best advices. There was, uh, Gillian Welsh was playing in Oslo um, several years ago and a friend of mine did a radio interview with her and she knew that she was, the, the, the person doing the interview knew that she was going to meet me and interview me about Gillian Welsh uh, after meeting Gillian. So she asked Gillian, like, what's, What's the an advice that you would give to somebody who's kind of starting out and, and wanting to be a songwriter and a musician? Yeah. And I can't remember it like word for word, but it was something like be the how you are like in the like if you're if you're a quiet person, be like the most quiet person. If you're uh, if you are allowed, like if you want to make loud music, make the loudest music. Like if mm. you want like take what you have and do that the most yeah yeah and uh, i just felt cool. like that was such a because i mean for me it's always been really important that if i want to be like my heroes that doesn't mean doing what my heroes did it means they're my heroes because they did them and so for me to be like them i have to do me and be me yeah i love that perfect way to end thank you you, got, you have to check out wild horse and uh, of course if you want to get links to the lyrics and uh, your other work, of course, you can go to mollenpetersonofficial.com and yeah. I will link to all that in the show notes so Amazing. you can just click on it and go through and you got to listen to her music. And uh, if you have anything else you want to share like that you're working on now or you want people to follow you on Instagram or whatever, yeah, like, this that. is the time like, to... Yeah. <laughs> Find me on like social media. I love to communicate with people uh, there and listen to the music. And I also want to say like, if people are music fans, buy music, support musicians and, and artists uh, so that they can be able to keep making the music that color our emotions. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> hey.
have it. My conversation with Malin Peterson, an incredible artist, awesome person. Thank you so much to her for taking the time to meet up and record this show. And thank you, my friend, for taking the time to listen. Go check out her music. It's incredible. Wild Horse is the latest album, as we mentioned. And I just love her songwriting, love her voice. It's incredible music. So go give it a listen. I'll leave you, in fact, with another track. As you heard me talk about it in the interview, there are two tracks on Wild Horse that are named after states in the USA, California, and the other one is Arkansas. So before we get you out of here, we'll play a little bit of Arkansas so you can get another taste of her music. Okay, we have a couple things that I promised that I need to deliver on here on the back end. First, this shout out. Let me say congratulations to Jerry, who wrote me an email. The subject line, bought our ticket! Exclamation point. Hi, Jason. Congrats on your Norwegian citizenship. Thank you very much. That's a huge accomplishment, she says. And she goes on to say, I want to share that we just bought our ticket to Portugal for an 84-day exploratory trip. We're Americans living in Florida, and I've dreamed of traveling the world since I lived in Japan several decades ago as a high school exchange student. Life got in the way, and it didn't happen, but now things are aligning to make it reality despite the pandemic. Goes on to say, in addition, we've been on a downsizing journey for the past five years, tried the RV thing twice, and we've just decided to take the plunge. I keep thinking it's a lot like having children. There is rarely a perfect time. Mainly, I want to thank you for the inspiration and information you've been sharing. I've truly enjoyed it. As a former radio host and podcaster, I know how much work goes into producing a regular podcast. Look forward to your new episodes, and I'm thrilled to support your work. So thank you so much. Jerry, I just wanted to highlight you here in the community because, wow, I mean, after decades of thinking about this, wanting to get back out there, you are getting back out there. You have the tickets. You're ready to go. And I agree. It is a lot like having children, having two children myself. I was not necessarily ready to have kids, just like you're maybe not always ready to quit your job and travel the world or to take the plunge, to use your words. But There is no such thing as a perfect time. That is a huge lesson. Uh, Sometimes I've embraced that notion and been able to just kind of throw caution into the wind and be like, well, there's no perfect time, so I'm going for it. And other times, I've caught myself in life trying to sort of wait for the perfect time. And you can't do that because you have to remember there is no perfect time for these things. That doesn't mean... You don't try to do things in a smart way, you know? Then you have to have goals and be intentional, right? If you're like, well, this isn't the perfect time because I don't have any money saved up. Well, that's probably a good reason. But then maybe it's a good idea to have a savings goal, hit that goal, and it still probably won't feel like the perfect time because it's uncomfortable, right? Anytime we do things that are out of our comfort zone, we start to come up with excuses. And one of those excuses can be it's not the perfect time to do this. I got to wait. There'll be a better time. Not always the case. So rarely a perfect time, as she said. I like the way she said that. Rarely a perfect time. Doesn't mean there never sort of is, but rarely. So anyway, congratulations to Jerry. Now, I also want to share, we're going to have a quote too, but I do want to share a time in my life when I bet on myself in many ways. And you could say, what sounds cheesy, I bet and I won but I did because I got to live a life of travel 
and embark on a decade plus as a nomad doing some crazy travel jobs, working as a touring professional, traveling all over the world, getting to have experiences that I never would have imagined I could have and never would have had sitting in a cubicle, which was the thing I sort of thought I was supposed to do coming out of college with $20,000 in debt. You just get a regular job and you go into an office and then you get an apartment and you buy all the things and that's what you do. But I wanted to take this backpacking trip to Europe. I wanted to travel. And when I got offered a full-time job, finally, after many interviews and wandering around trying to find people that would talk to my inexperienced but I, I turned it down because I committed to taking this solo backpacking trip through Europe. Well, it wasn't going to be solo originally, but it ended up being that way. And I'm glad that it did because it changed my life. And by turning that job down, I ended up getting into the touring jobs, which led to a whole, I would say, overall fulfilling career in the event marketing industry and it led to me working in music touring, and it led to my lifestyle of travel. And it all started with that bet on myself and that risk of saying, you know what, I'm just going to take this little amount of money I have and use it to travel because that's where my heart is. That's what I want to do. And I'm going to trust I can find a job later if I need to. I can always get a regular job, find a place to live. I'm going to trust that my experiences are going to lead me somewhere good or at least lead me somewhere. I'm going to have some experiences that I wouldn't have if I was taking this regular job. And really what it came down to in hindsight was just me surrendering to the flow of life in a lot of ways. Although I wasn't super zen about it at the time, it did turn out that way and it led to incredible things. And it had to start with that bet, that bet that, hey, you know what? If this doesn't work, I'll find a way. I have to bet that I can be resourceful enough to kind of figure it out And if I quote unquote fall behind in my career, which I didn't even have at the time, so what? I'll figure it out. And that was a a bit of the thought process behind the bet. Again, at the time, I didn't think it was going to lead to (laughs) so many years of traveling, but thankfully it did. And And that happened, I think, because I made that initial bet. And then as my work contracts would end and I would maybe take a trip and then there might be gaps where I didn't have the next gig or I wasn't sure what I was going to do, I just kept betting on that that feeling that I was getting from travel, which was, hey, I don't want to stop traveling. So why would I stop doing this just because society or somebody else might think it's time for me to settle down or get a regular job, again, using air quotes. You see, you know what? I'm just going to keep going with this travel thing because it feels so good. Let's just keep it rolling. And it just has led to so many good things in my life, including the work I'm doing now with this podcast. I'm so incredibly blessed and humbled to just think back to all of the experiences and what they've led to in, in my life. So, wow, I just am getting flooded with gratitude here. So thanks for listening to this show. And of course, none of this that I'm doing now, what I've been doing on the podcast for the last almost eight years is possible without you, my friend. Yes, you. When I turn on this mic and I'm sitting in my office by myself, I don't feel alone because I'm talking to you. I know, I know we're having a dialogue here. And if you ever want to talk back, I've said it many times, you know how to get in touch. I just want to appreciate you right now. This is a community-powered show without you. We don't get to have this dialogue and create this space and have these guests and all this stuff. So thanks, my friend. All right, let me leave you with a quote. 
let's see. I got to pull into my quote drawer here. I got a whole bunch of wrapped up things from my Wisdom of the East calendar. Oh, wow. This is giving me chills because I just randomly pulled this out of my drawer, literally, uh, and that is fortuitous. This is a quote from Ramakrishna who said, Complete surrender is like falling from a tall tree without flinching a muscle. Woo-hoo-hoo. That gave me the chills because we were just talking about surrender. So I feel like I'm getting woo-woo here, but this is kind of wild. So very cool to pull that one out of the drawer. Thank you so much for your time, for listening. Get in touch anytime and uh, have a wonderful day. Smile, take a chance today, make a bet on yourself. Much love to you and yours. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of music from Malin Patterson, Arkansas. Another track off of Wild Horse. Have a wonderful day. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers.